This is the Effective Engineering Manager Podcast. In today's episode, Adam and Slava discuss strategies for new managers once they are put into a manager role. Welcome to the Effective Engineering Manager Podcast. Hello, Adam. It's your time today. What would you like to talk about? Hey, Slava. Well, today we're going to try to close out our series on uh, growing and building managers. Uh, we've covered pretty much the gamut from motivation to how to lead from the front and behind, preparing managers for their journey in getting to become a leader and prepping them and training and the importance of it. And so today we're going to have a conversation about what a person needs to do once they become a manager. So we've prepared all the steps leading up to it and some strategy for getting there. Now you're a manager. Now what? What hap- What does day one look like? What does the first 30 days look like? Um, and so we'll get into some of those topics. What do you think? Uh, yes, I think it's great. And I think uh, uh, having a good start is, is super important, right? It's going to define lots of things that are going to be happening after that. Absolutely. So let's get started. So whether you have gone through that one year uh, preparation with your boss to prepare you for be a manager or not, because a lot of times we know in, in real world, you may not have that and you might be coming into a new position where you have to manage and lead. So regardless of whether you've had that preparation, um, I think some of the things we presented in the previous episode, you can certainly take and do some of it on your own for sure. But now you're leading a team and you're tasked to lead with them. So there are certain things that have to be done up front. And let's dive in first to what the first impressions are in the first week or two. First and foremost, you're going to have to do an introduction with all your team members. Even if you know them and if you've worked with them before, we still suggest having some kind of real formal introduction of you as the manager and to share a little bit of your background with them and and vice versa. So in a brand new environment, obviously it's introducing yourself and where you came from and all that good stuff. In an environment where you already know these people, um, it can be more of a celebration. It can be more of a, you know, a a clear kickoff to uh, a really new chapter for this team it can be sharing some things about each other that you know you may not have known, um, and maybe even sharing a little bit about how you, as the manager, are going to lead, uh, providing a little bit of your philosophy, what's important, and kind of start the ball rolling on building relationships with each of those folks. And in that first week, what's very important uh, is to start laying down your weekly one-on-ones. Put them on the calendar. You know, we talk a lot about how important it is. Put it into practice. Put those 30-minute blocks on the calendar recurring weekly. Um, Identify the folks that are your direct reports. Make sure they report to you in whatever tool your team uh, company uses to start reporting. Make sure you understand what everyone's official role is on the team. And in those one-on-ones, the first, your first one-on-one is really going to be you, first few minutes, setting what that structure is. Now, the guidance for 30 minutes, kind of the 10-10-10 model, or 15 minutes and 15, whatever uh, style you want to go with, but lay that out, be clear what the purpose is, and really start to, at that point, pull input. Um, you don't want to be coming into any management position 
on a team, even if it's a brand new team, um, you want to gauge the team for what they feel has worked well for them, either as a team or individually. You don't want to come in there and, you know, uh, plow through with uh, a set of practices and processes that only you feel are correct. You really want it to be democratic and get buy-in from the team. So getting feedback from the team, what works well, what they like, what they didn't don't like, and uh, and start from there. And so that's going to really be your first week um, because in addition to that, there's a lot of other responsibilities that you're going to have. You're going to um, certainly, and we'll talk about this a little bit more, start to build relationships. But as a manager to your team, your first priority is to start to build those channels of communication and trust, relationship through one-on-ones, and set the set the philosophy and goals for that team as far as how you're going to communicate and get and pull in from in pull information in. Um, so that's kind of a start to that. What what are your thoughts, Slava? What's worked for you? Yes, I think it's a great idea to. To be a bit careful, just like you mentioned, um, because you don't want to come in and you know start swinging and uh, really not paying the attention to the team. And uh, I think my own uh, take on this is uh, that first one-on-ones, in, in, most importantly, with your boss, right? They should be structured to be differently, right? And while you are setting up the one-on-ones, you can actually tell them that the first one-on-one is going to be different, right? And uh, I believe that it's extremely important that the first one-on-one is about the listening, right? And when you set up your first one-on-ones, when you set up one-on-ones with your boss and you have that first one-on-one, right? What I do and recommend everyone do the same because it works really well, is ask uh, the same, same two questions, right? What works and must remain the same? and what doesn't work and must change, right? This, first of all, it this shows to your boss and the, to your directs uh, that A, you are ready to listen, and B, you, are, you care about good things and keeping them, and you care about uh, things that which, which require work, right? And when, you, when your boss provides you, provides you this input, right, uh, this creates some sort of a initial, gives you initial direction from your from your boss, right? You and un- you now understand what he cares about, right? Through this listening and you know the listening to the question of uh, you know what works, what doesn't work, right? And especially, it's important about what 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 doesn't work is very important because it allows you to start focusing on things so that that are often a very low hanging fruit and to demonstrate your ability to execute on your boss's asks, right? Uh, and this is a f- first step in beginning the building the relationship of trust, where your boss trusts you. And if he does, right, it's very important because then you're going to have much more autonomy. And uh, uh, if it's a good boss, they won't be looking over your shoulder because they trust you and they saw you to be able to listen and execute on their, you know, uh, direction, right? And the same thing with your direct reports, right? Uh, same thing if you can understand you know, what they care about, for example, they can say, hey, uh, the team is great, collaboration is great, everyone is helpful, for example, when, you know, which happened oftentimes uh, with teams I joined, right? And they may bring up issues which 
they're never being able to bring up. It's possible that they're never being able to bring up it with their own own or ex-boss, right? Um, maybe it's a new team completely. Maybe it's they had a manager and then they lost him for whatever reason, right? Uh, that that does exactly the same thing with your boss, except the relationship you begin to build is with the team, right? Um, demonstrating learning what works, right? So that you don't break things when you bring something in, new things, right? But at the same time, focusing, and, and this is the, as a servant manager, this is the time you actually can start helping from day one, right? You understood what doesn't work, right? You don't, you don't promise something that you cannot do or not, not, won't be able to deliver, but start, uh, take, take a note. It's very important that you have to take notes and even share those notes with your direct reports with your boss, right? And um, use that, that notes as uh, some sort of a list of action items for you to start focusing, right? And you cannot fix everything in day one, right? But uh, you need to pay attention, right? And that's, that's what I recommend uh, every new manager, um, if they're, you know, were just transitioned, tra their, car their careers were transitioned or they, you, you, you worked as a manager before, but you got a new team. That's what I recommend to do. Yeah, I think those are all great. And you brought up a good point there. I think, um, you know, this is this is going to be the one time that you have in leading this team where you get, a, you get one free pitch, <laughs> um, one free swing, so to speak, where you are obviously not responsible for what was already wrong with the team, right? And um, if there is anything... And you also get a free, unbiased perspective of what's going on. So by gauging the team and getting their input, you're not only allowing them to voice their concerns and what they don't like, but you're also seeing patterns and creating a picture of this team that you can also present to your boss and say, hey, this is where I'm going to focus on and here's why. So it, it, it really is a double win for you because you're supporting the team's uh, interests and their perspective on things while also creating an actionable plan for yourself right out of the gate. Things that you can start to emphasize, which will also impress your boss and kind of show that you got things under control. And then if you do that, you know, we've talked, I think we've talked about this before, but this concept of early victories in any kind of professional relationship like this, where you're leading a team, especially as a manager, Early victories, genuine victories, and things that are done well really set you up to have good, strong first impression and open up for opportunities to grow, like you said, and the autonomy that you ultimately want. Um, I think oftentimes people have this perspective just because they're a manager, because they're that title, they have that autonomy from day one. And you really kind of don't. I mean, if, if unless you've built that level of trust with your boss, you you may may have certain autonomy on paper, but your boss is going to pull the reins in until they can trust you as well. So this is a great opportunity to, to absolutely do that. 100% agree. Now, let's lead into the next thing that you can do. And that is to build a strong set of lateral relationships. So identify who are the key stakeholders to this team outside of the team and, and your own hierarchy. Um, other teams that are dependent on you or you're or, uh, dependent on them, other folks in the organization that are at your level that you can will need to interface with. 
Um, oftentimes, two teams may have issues working together because there's no nobody at the top of that or of that group driving that communication. So if team A and team B need to get stuff done together, uh, it's really up to their leaders to facilitate that channel and create that channel and to you know set the basis for how that's going to work. So find your lateral folks that are going to help you and be your uh, stakeholders. And they're also going to be folks that you can share ideas with, get um, uh, bounce thoughts off of, or even try new things with. You may find a, a peer who's very receptive to trying something a new way that you think would be a, a great way to have a positive influence on the organization. You can do that. Um, also think outside just your engineering group. You're going to have to build relationships with product and uh, IT services and potentially HR because if you're going to be doing recruitment uh, and hiring and firing and all that kind of stuff, you're going to need to have a, an established relationship with these folks. So building lateral relationships, one-on-ones with those folks as well is, is key. You'll want to set those up in your first couple of weeks because after that, you may start to get quite busy. Uh, so that's just kind of the second guidance point. What what are your thoughts on like lateral relationships? Uh, yes, I think I think actually it's a great idea, and I'm I'm surprised that I didn't uh, didn't mention didn't remember it myself. That identifying and beginning to build relationships with your partners and horizontal st- your horizontal structure is uh, super important, right? And um, and I think one of the things uh, that uh, we need to keep in mind that. When it comes to partners, my personal preference, and this is something that I've been doing for a very long time, is especially when once you learn about them, most likely they're going to be depending on you, you're going to be depending on them. And uh, I, I recommend uh, new managers to focus on helping partners first, right? So you can either focus on your own work and your own responsibilities, or you can focus on partners. And it means that this, this will allow the whole team move faster in parallel because if they depend on you they will be unblocked by you focusing what what they need from you right does it mean that you have to you know you're going to focus only on the, your partners and not not go do, not going to do anything about your own responsibilities no of course not right you have to balance somehow right and people find balance let's say 80 percent of, of of stuff that your team does is focused on their direct responsibilities and let's say the reminder of 20% is uh, is a focus on the on the on the on, the, on helping partners, right? That's uh, that's uh, that's important, uh, and the, I think it's a good recommendation. I'm happy that you mentioned it. And um, overall, as we were speaking, I think what would make a lot of difference in uh, in your success, especially in the beginning, is uh, building a self onboarding plan, right? So essentially. You, I recommend sit down, right, and literally write write a plan, right, step by step action you're going to take to onboard yourself successfully, right. And you may score even more points with your boss by showing that plan to him and say, hey or her, hey, look at it, right. This is what I'm going to be doing, you know, uh, set up one on ones, talk to the, the to the team what's important, well, you know, what needs to needs fixing, um, you know, set up one on ones with your uh, uh, peers. Uh, learn, you know, uh, st- code base, uh, uh, architectures, uh, basic st- demonstrate you're going to be 
actively developing understanding of the org, right? Um, period, right? And uh, that's and demonstrate how you're going to be successful because of that, right? So that's uh, that's important. And uh, uh, I think of things. Build. I, I recommend build a list of things you need to know and learn about, right? Uh, organizational structure, right? Uh, where things are, for example, what are the links to Confluence, to Jira, to version control system? Uh, what are the tools? Uh, you know, communicate how communications work. Let's say you know, install installing on, the, for example, we use Slack for, at work, right? And all the good stuff, right? So essentially, figure out for yourself. What is that you don't have now that you have to have in order to declare successful onboarding, right? And put 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 some timelines, right? For example, you know, the communication setup first week for week one, you know, one on ones week one, and all, all the good stuff. That's what I recommend. Yeah, absolutely. That's a gr that's a great piece of advice. I think uh, two things. One, going back to the lateral relationships, real quick. Um, one thing I wanted to add that I forgot is. You know, as you move up in your management career, it's going to be more and more expected that you have lateral relationships already built. You, it, and, and to a point where it may be an impediment to you to move up if you don't already have those relationships. Because once you get into the director level and above and, you know, VP level, nobody is going to sit there and, you know, coach you on, you know, how, who are the people on your team and who is the other team and who do you need to talk to? I mean, obviously if you're from outside the organization and you come in, you'll, you might have a primer on that, but you're going to be expected to start to build those relationships. You're going to need to be savvy enough to know that those are going to be people you need to rely on. Um, and again, as you move up, once you're a director, senior director, VP, you have more control, uh, you have more autonomy, you have more uh, responsibility and control to make changes. And therefore, if you're in that position and your peer on the other side is also going to have that level of impact and it's going to be necessary, not just nice to build those relationships. So start early and then as you move up in the organization, you're going to move up with these same folks as well. It's just like in school and all that. Um, you're going to grow with these folks and having those well-established relationships and showing success together is only going to help you. So I wanted to add that. On the plan, absolutely. Um, you should, going into any position, always have a 30, 60, 90 plan, which is what are you going to do in the first 30 days, first 60 days, first 90 days, right? Three months is a good barometer to getting traction and starting to get stuff done. Um, and it and like you mentioned, it's going to be very good for you to have these things in place so you have some structure so you can start making some traction. It will also send a message to the team that you know what you're doing and that you have a plan. People respect a leader who has a plan and that they're moving that there's something clear that they're trying to do, right? People will get behind that easier than somebody who is just kind of meandering around without structure. Uh, in fact, you'll start to lose your top performer's confidence very quickly as a leader when you come in with if you don't have something that is going to really contribute to this group and, and a plan. So definitely having that plan. 30 days is going to be really about getting to know the team, as we talked about, building those relationships, focusing on that, 
building that communication channel to your boss um, and starting to get familiar with the product and the processes and start to sprinkle in things that are foundational for the team that they may or may not have. The 60-day plan would be more about, okay, what, what does our release cycle look like? Can we start getting stuff out and, and churning deliverables within those 60 days? Then 90 days is really starting to prepare yourself for the next quarter's worth of work or next half year's worth of work because that's where your strategic thought is really going to come in. The first 90 days is, is mostly tactical with a little bit of strategy. You're probably inheriting a roadmap that's already been defined. You really can't change much in those 30 days and those uh, three months rather. So the 90-day the, the plan is where you're going to start to have much more command of that roadmap, which means you need to build a very strong relationship with your PLM, program management team, to say what is coming ahead and how to position the team to be ready for that, right? And think about it. A lot of times people are put into management positions is because of company opportunity, business opportunity, right? Unless you're just replacing somebody, the reason you're being put into a position or they're making you a manager is because there's opportunity for the business. So you're, there's things happening that you're going to have to deliver that are new, new business requirements, new features, new software. Um, and that will start to come post the first 90 days. So you're going to have to have a plan for that. What are the things you're going to need to do with, to the team to pivot, to get them ready for uh, a larger, you know, um, development cycle that may have some more significant features or uh, projects you've won, et cetera. What do you, what do you think about the, that, Slava? Uh, yes, absolutely. And uh, uh, the uh, 3069 is the, the classical approach to onboarding and uh, um, it's, it's totally true and works 100%. And uh, one of the things which, uh, which may, not be able, may not be available to the frontline engineering managers because as a frontline engineering manager, you need to jump into driving the team, you know, running stand-ups and all the good stuff uh, pretty much day one, right? But for the director level and up, uh, one of the things which I've done before that worked really well, it depends on the context because your boss might not be open to it. But what I've done is if as a manager you are presented with a particular situation, especially something that requires significant changes. For example, I've been in the situations when I was told that, hey, the quality is really not where it should be and you know you need to you know focus on it. Or for, for example, there are production issues or, or whatnot, right? That, uh, and if there's a direct ask to address it, right? And you cl can clearly see that this is not this will require a very deep understanding of how things work and coming up with a plan even a strategy for long term, right? What I've done is I asked my boss for a month, essentially for even sometimes even ask for two months, right? Two, one to two months where I said, hey, I'm going to be uh, I'm going to be carrying forward with my responsibilities, right? But I'm not going to make any changes until I learn how things work and i usually ask for that 30 to you know for months or a couple of months where my engagement with the, my management responsibilities is going to be much lower i'm going to be focusing on interviewing everyone understanding what 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 doesn't work you know maybe even doing um, uh, the 
uh, gap analysis that we described before in one of the uh, podcasts, right? And coming up with a complete picture of why the things n not the way they should be, right? And based on that, uh, building a, a long, mid and, and uh, sh short, mid and long-term plans, if you want a strategy, even, and uh, presenting it to a boss and agreeing that, yes, that's the direction. And as an example, uh, at some uh, at some jobs uh, where the quality was an issue, I, I did gap analysis and identified that uh, unit testing wasn't there or CI was missing or um, uh, uh, deployments were manual, stuff like this, right? And this all requires understanding, uh, documenting, uh, coming up with a solid plan, and may, may require training, may, may require re-architecture, may require may even require some more money to, to make things work, maybe require new tools, right? So that's, uh, that's one of the things that uh, you can do as a manager. Uh, and uh, uh, because what's, what happens is that if, if the problem is presented to you, but you don't uh, give enough of time to understand and, and you jump into fixing mode, right? There's a very good chance you're gonna miss something, right? Or maybe uh, start moving too fast and break things. Right, and that this is something that you really don't want to do, uh, and um, um, that. Uh, but it's a it's a discussion. It's it's a, a subject of discussion with your boss, right? You cannot do it on your own. Say, hey, I'm not going to be doing most of my management responsibilities. I just you know, uh, do going to be doing my thing without telling them. They have to sign off on this, right? And uh, previously, I've been lucky. I've had bosses who signed signed on uh, on that, and uh, let me build deeper understanding and uh, deliver high quality successes uh, and continue to deliver high quality successes over time. So that's, uh, that's another consideration. Yeah, absolutely. A gap analysis is awesome. And I, and I would even add to that, <clears throat> even if you're not in a position where you're, you're either your frontline manager or you're in a position where your boss may not really be receptive to that, still do it on your own. You know, um, spend put a list together because that's going to be the only time in that organization where you're going to have kind of that unbiased view of things. And you'd be surprised uh, how many things you can observe just by taking the time to observe when you can uh, before you're really thrown into the fire. So I really agree with that. The last thing I think uh, major guidance would be to focus on things uh, to get to know the team individually better uh, and for them to get to, to know you better, right? So we talked about one-on-ones, but also you need to have some opportunities to get the team outside the context of their work. Um, few things you can do. I mean, in, in a post-COVID world or <laughs> safer world, you could do some team lunches. You could do an offsite team outing. Get people are, are going to be uneasy with any new boss, and the more that they, they can see you a little bit outside the office, they're gonna ha will will help them put a better picture of you for a 365 degree angle, right? They'll see, oh, okay, I understand why this his personality is this way, or what he does, or what he likes, what he doesn't. So find opportunities for that, but also as a manager, you're going to be responsible for performance reviews for these folks, and you're going to need to really build a good picture of these folks. And by the end of your 90 days, you should have a really good idea who your strongest performers are, who deserves kudos, who hasn't uh, gotten that, and who 
you know, where your focus needs to be individually on coaching and, and otherwise, and whether you even have gaps on the team that you need to fill. Because uh, that's ultimately, you're going to be responsible for that. Um, you, you can't wait a whole year of getting experience as a manager to start taking care of your individuals. You have to, they, I mean, you know, think about it. Your boss, someone puts a new boss on your team and you said, oh, you know, your performance appraisals and promotions are going to be put on hold for at least a year. People will be like, what? You know, so you have to recognize that's part of the job. Um, so you're going to need to recruit for the team and also be ready to do appraisals. So I think anything you can do to get a natural assessment of the team individually and be able to put together performance reviews uh, whenever they may come uh, is important within those first uh, 90 days or so. And actually, it's a good point on um, understanding uh, career development in flight, right? Because if someone is already on the track to be promoted or uh, their careers transition to management, sometimes even back to IC level, right? Um, this, this needs to be understood, right? Because you, re you really don't want to drop a ball on, on, uh, on, on continuing to drive their development, right? And you really have to pick up and ask your boss who is, who is on track or who's, who's, who's been uh, developed uh, as a, maybe for the next level. And that needs to be totally accounted for and you need to a, understand them and continue to push them forward and up, right? Uh, so number, number one. Number two, and uh, one of the things we mentioned before, but I want to bring it here because we had a separate podcast on a uh, separate episode on uh, being careful with your new boss, right? And for new managers and for people on the, on the new job, right? Maybe existing managers who started a new, new job, joined a new team, right? You need to be careful and you need to learn your boss first, you know, establish a relationship before you can be completely vulnerable uh, in front of them, as, for example, as a part of one-on-ones, right? Do not be vulnerable until you have built trust and the, and the relationship. And, and, uh, and also learn the company culture, right? Learn how things work, right? Because at some companies, like we mentioned before, you'll never be able to, to be vulnerable, right? Because if the, the culture is punitive, it's quite possible that, uh, you know, uh, being vulnerable is going to get you into hot water, no matter what kind of relationship it is, right? So l l learn about that and be, be a bit careful. Uh, and the same with the team, right? Being, being, being vulnerable uh, with the team, it's a great uh, relationship building tool, but you don't want to show up and say, hey, you know what, I'm, I'm really, you know, I, I, I tend to miss my, you know, nine o'clock meetings because I sleep until 11 or something like this, right? So they're going to be like, okay, uh, here's what was going on with him, right? But it's totally okay to mention if you have a, have a relationship with the team. So I think this, this needs to be uh, accounted for, this, the, uh, the uh, career development in flight and uh, uh, being careful with your new boss. And uh, another thing, speaking of the perf of, of performance that you brought up, uh, one thing that I've done consistently is when I join, I do, I try to form my own understanding of how the team is doing, right? And the easiest thing to do is to get, uh, get the stats just on a very basic level, understand who is where, right? On what is normal even, right? And what I do is I check uh, a quarter of uh, a pull requests or submissions to a version control system 
on an individual basis, right? Let's say if you have 20 people, right, you're going to have 20, you know, or the whole team is 20 people, for example, with two or three managers, right? Um, you're going to, you, 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 you'd, you'd like to get a list of names and number of uh, submissions to the version control system and also number of uh, user stories or bugs closed by a particular individual, right? Um, or, and, and on top of it, if the team is tracking a uh, number of user stories, uh, user, user points, user uh, story, uh, sorry, story points uh, closed, right? And what you want to see is first, what is the median, median level, right? Let's say if the team is closing individually, if each of the members closes, let's say, um, you know, uh, 50, 50 story points per, per, per quarter, for example, right? And maybe does, uh, um, or get, get, let's say, 60, 70 PRs approved, right? And if it's a norm, if it's a norm, right? And what you, you might want to do is to, uh, you might just run stats on it, right? Using Excel, Excel totally supports building medians and, you know, out, and what you're going to be looking for are outliers, especially at, to start with outliers in, in uh, at the bottom line where you want to see other people who are way, way, way below what's normal, right? Because this might, especially if the team is a bit bigger, let's say you have, you know, 20, 30, 50, 100 people, right? There might be people who checked out at work, right? And you need to learn about it sooner because you're going to be responsible for the output of the team. And if there are people who checked out, you better, you know, have a conversation with them. And maybe even if it's unfixable, you know, if it's dead wood, you know, makes, you know, HR, HR decisions on that, right? And you're also going to be looking at outliers on the right side, the people who are just doing, just, who are just killing it, right? You need to learn about who, who those folks, you know, uh, build maybe stronger relationship with them because this, the, the, the folks you may, you're going to be leaning on uh, as uh, uh, the work uh, progresses, right? So you need to be aware of the folks like this who are there and be, support them, start supporting them from day one, right? Start figuring out their career goals, start figuring out their needs in terms of the technology uh, processes, tools, and, and everything else, right? So this is something that I've done before and it works quite well. Yeah, excellent uh, point on that. I think, uh, you know, the, in today's age of tooling and everything, especially in engineering, there's a lot of information that you can get just by looking around, you know, going around Jira, going around your version control system, GitHub, whatever you're using. Look at, uh, you can even go into, if you're using like Workday or whatever other, uh, platform HR uses to manage folks. You can look at previous performance reviews. You can look at, um, you know, when people were last promoted or given raises. So you can put a really good perspective together for folks uh, from the data you have. And I, I, I think that's a really uh, piece of sound advice. So to kind of wrap up here, uh, just to give a quick checklist to our, our listeners, once you've become a manager, you're now in the driver's seat and the things that you should be doing are number one, right out of the gate, clear introductions and building, putting one-on-ones on the schedule for that week with all your directs and start to get input from them, figure out what works, what doesn't work, really start to build that relationship and level of trust, start to build that communication channel with your boss uh, and how you're and and start to share what your plan is on your plan 
make sure you have at least a 30, 60, 90 perspective of what you're going to do and what would be considered um, a victory. Um, and make sure that um, uh, whatever you're bringing in um, is uh, something that you can certainly achieve in that in that time frame. Things you know how to do, or things you really can lean into. Don't don't shoot for the moon in those first ninety days. Be conservative, but be realistic. And then beyond that, build build good lateral relationships with your team. Build uh, with uh, with folks. Uh, you know, in your organization, rather, start to understand how you can help break down any blocking things the team is facing by reaching out to your lateral counterparts. And then the last thing is, as you just mentioned, is to really figure out your team, where they're at, who are your top contributors, who uh, is always already sort of promised some kind of growth that you're inheriting and, and make sure you have that and create space for the team to uh, get to know you. Uh, so whether it's outings uh, or other things that you can do, those are critically important. Well, this is good stuff, Adam. Thank you, Slava. In our next podcast, we will be continuing to talk about some useful things for managers um, and moving on to some new series. So please stay tuned. In the meantime, please check us out on the web at effectiveem.com. Feel free to email us at contact at effectiveem.com if you have any questions or comments or need some uh, input we'd be glad to help um, and you can also find us uh, effective engineering manager on linkedin and on twitter until next time stay tuned <music>